Are you not glad for that hope that we have in Christ? In a world that is completely in chaos, it seems like, some days. And that may just be your family, not anything else of what's going on in the world. And that we can still have hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who paid it all that we could have life and have it abundantly. And as I think about 2019, there were good things, bad things, just like any other year, but yet our hope in the Lord remains. And today, as we take a look back at 2019 and also look into 2020, we're going to do a spiritual eye exam to look and see how are we doing. Now, how many of you, now going to the eye doctor, I don't normally mind, but how many of you like going to the doctor? You know, I, I saw maybe one hand. And men, I know you, if you're like me, we, we go when we absolutely need to. <laughs> out of necessity, not out of, well, I think I'll just set up an appointment. We do it only when we have to because we maybe don't want to see the results of what they tell us or what you can do and what you can't do. And so we just say we're okay. And I've even heard some say, you know, I tried to tell the doctor if he could just see me in five years, it'll be fine. I'm doing good. Everything's all right. But today, as we look into God's word and and we take this spiritual eye exam as we want to see if we're seeing 2020 as we go into 2020. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 as we're going to look at five spiritual exams this morning. As Paul was talking to Timothy, and I know he was specifically talking to him, but I believe that we can put these characteristics into place as well and that we could really see clearly. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So he's talking to Timothy, and he said, these are important. Put them on your list. And don't just think about them. Make sure you're active in putting these characteristics in place. Set an example for those that are around you. As we look at the first exam, how is our speech? How's our speech? What is it that is coming out of our mouths? You know, I find that kind of funny. You know how God will always kind of work on you, especially when you're reading a certain scripture or you're working on something? My third grader had a basketball tournament yesterday. And it was kind of interesting as we're watching this tournament and this one parent, and it wasn't me, this time. Lord kind of checked me on this as he's just yelling at the refs like crazy. 
And I saw other parents looking at this guy like, what in the world are you doing? These are third graders. And yet this parent is just going ballistic. What is it that comes out of our mouths? What are we saying? Because as we see what Paul is saying, it is so important for us to be careful what we say. In Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil out of the things or out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So when you start to think of what you're saying, what is coming out? Is it good or is it something else? Because this, this verse is very powerful. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings out evil things that is stored up in his heart. What is coming out of our mouths? Peter says in 1 Peter 3.10, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil, and their lips from deceitful speech. Oh, be careful, little mouths, what we say. We will either build people up with what we say or we will tear them down. That is the choice that we will make. So as we look at this exam, how are we doing when it comes to our speech? If you're not sure, ask a loved one. They'll tell you whether you're doing good or are you seeing a little cloudy and you need a, a spiritual lens to help you to see more clearly and what the way the Lord would want you to be. Adrian Dupre tells the story of this church leader who he was at a function, I believe he was at a restaurant and all of a sudden he hears this guy telling some dirty jokes and just really uh, ripping into somebody. And he's like, wait a minute, this isn't the guy I knew. And he goes up and he puts his arm around him and he said, what was that? All of a sudden he looks around and he sees it's Adrian. And he turns bright red, he goes, I didn't realize you were here. For out of the mouth, or out of the heart, the mouth speaks. How, how are we talking to one another? Are we lifting one another up? Because you know you can be an encourager or a destroyer. That's a choice that we can make. And Paul wanted Timothy to be one that was encouraging other believers, getting them to continue to move forward. And I think of just even at an early age, letting our kids know whether you play or not, it doesn't matter but you be the best encourager that you possibly can. 2019 may have been a great year for, me, for you, but for somebody else, it was the worst year that they could ever imagine. And you have the great opportunity to come alongside them in your speech to let them know you care. How will they know you care if you don't let them know? So often we just keep silent when we need to be encouraging. 
one truthful thing is we are being an example. There's no doubt about that. The question is what is our example? What are we showing? Do people want to be around us or do they want to stay clear from us by the way we talk? Second exam that Paul talks to Timothy and said, here, this is very important for you, is your conduct, your behavior, how you act and what you do. Conduct means the manner in which a person behaves, especially on a particular occasion or in a particular context. How's our conduct? How do we behave? Are we one person at church on a Sunday morning and then somebody else during the week? There's a show I like to watch. Now, some of you younger people may not know, you may have heard of this show, and you may never have seen it. Some of the others, you'll laugh because you'll understand uh, this, this story very well. I still watch it. It's called The Andy Griffith Show. You have good old Barney Fife uh, and Opie and all the different cast of characters. And there's one specific episode that I thought was really amazing. Uh, Opie comes into the sheriff's office, and he has a bag of licorice seeds. And he's, he said, yeah, Paul, I'm going to trade these in uh, because I traded these or this for my pop gun, and these seeds don't work. And so I'm going to trade it with Johnny Paul so I can get roller skates. That will be even better. And Andy said, oh, wait a minute. You can't do that. Well, treat others as they treated me. No, you got it wrong. <laughs> treat others as you would want to be treated. Well, I wasn't treated right. So I'm going to wrong the next person. And he said, no, you can't do that. And he said, you're just stuck with the liquor seats. Well, later on in that episode, what happens is Andy is now trying to get rid of a cannon in this town. And he is telling them every lie in the book to get this guy to buy the, to buy the cannon. And so Opie is watching this. And at the end, he goes, wow, I just need to tell a better story. And he tells a better story and gets something else. And now Andy's like, well, you can't do that. Dad, you did that with a cannon. People are watching what we do, how we act. It's one thing what we say, but it's also another on how we act, how we behave. Andy stretched the truth so that everything would work out for the town. Oh, but it's okay, and we can have excuses of why we do something. And yet, then we're not seeing 2020. We're doing it our own way. Paul wanted Timothy to show the example of Christ to others and how we act and how we behave. Paul said in Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you 
or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Whatever happens, whatever you go through in 2019 and then into 2020, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. So how have we done when it comes to our conduct? Are we talking well and also behaving well? Because words are just words. If we don't put into action what we're saying, conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And maybe this year you've had illness, you've had heartache, and there's days you don't feel like being nice. But yet no matter what, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Paul knew Timothy was going to face hardship. He was going to face persecution. There were going to be difficult times ahead. So he said, work on this so that you can see 2020. You know, I, I like to think I'm still fairly young. I'm 43. And yet if I take these off, then I can't see you clearly. Just a year ago, I didn't need them. And sometimes I think... I even say, well, I'm okay. I don't really need them that bad. And yet, when I put them on, I see so much more clearly. So when we use God's lens and we allow him to show us how are we doing when it comes to our conduct, is it good or is it something else? Be reminded that God will search us, and he longs to reward our good conduct, the things that we have done for him. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So as we look in 2020, what are we going to do differently to make a difference in our family's life, our community, and even our nation? What are we going to do? It, it just takes us, one person, to change the world by how we act, how we behave, and our conduct. And know that even when others aren't watching, God is. He's searching us. He knows why we do what we do. Do we only do it because we have to or because we want to serve the Lord? Why do we do what we do? So how is our conduct? Paul continues on to Timothy and he said, how is your love expressed to others? Dealing with our love quotient. For Proverbs 3.3 3 says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. That we would do that. Let the love and faithfulness never leave you. 
How loving are we? Does it, it's kind of like Indiana weather, just wait five minutes, it'll change. I mean, depending on the circumstances we're going through, and yet we are not in this journey alone. We're not. God says, follow my example. Paul said in Ephesians chapter five and verse one, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Following his example, as dearly loved children, he loved us first, and we are to follow that example. And when we follow God's example of love, it will impact lives in amazing ways. When we allow the love of Christ to ooze out of us, it's amazing what can happen. You don't even have to do anything. You just allow the, the Lord to just ooze out of you. And people will want what you have because the love of Christ is active in you. And I think of our family and wanting that to be a legacy, that that love is shared with them, that they don't have to wonder if dad loves them or that my wife loves that I love her. I don't want them to ever doubt that, that they would know it. May we follow our Lord and give that example of love to others. In 1 John, in verse, chapter 3, verse 18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. For actions speak so much louder than words. In 1992, Derek Redmond, he was the story of the day because he was going to be running the 400 meter. Uh, in the Olympics, he was favored. This was the guy that was supposed to win. He was the fastest man for this. And I remember watching this race, and I've watched it now a few times since, as he's flying around that track. I, I, it'd still take me a half a day probably to go that fast. Uh, and so we're going, he's going around, and all of a sudden, he falls to the ground as he, he ruptured his hamstring. He pulled his hamstring. And now he's on the ground and he's in a lot of pain. And what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And he, he gets up and he starts hobbling and he's starting to try to finish the race. And now you see another scene that is taking place at the same time. There's this gentleman who's breaking through all the different uh, security guards and he's pushing them away, and he's getting on to that track. And that was Derek Redmond's father. As he gets there, and he first says to Derek, you don't have to do this. He goes, yes, I do. I want to finish. And he goes, then I'm going to be here the whole way. And so he he puts his arms around him, as you'll see here, and you can see the pain that Derek is in. And he continues to, to hobble the rest of the way. And then at the very end, his dad let him finish the race on his own. 
But can I tell you, I don't know Derek or his dad, but I guarantee you that that's a memory that Derek will never forget. Dad came to my side. Look at the love that my dad did for me. He pushed those guards aside. He didn't care what the consequences were. If we have that type of love, that type of abandonment, that we don't care what anybody else thinks, can you imagine, church, what we can do? What amazing love God is going to do through us? And this story still goes on. And people will be remembering what Derek Redmond's dad did for him. What an amazing love. In the 90s, there was a commercial that came out, said, what do you want on your tombstone? And then what it said on that was pepperoni and cheese. Uh, And they almost made light of that statement. What do you want on your tombstone? But what if you could write your epitaph today? If you could put on your tombstone, what would you put? We know with Enoch, he walked with God and was no more. What an amazing statement. He walked with God. How about he loved well or she loved well? Even through difficulty, the love of, and you fell in the blank, was shown greatly. Oh, what amazing love that has been given to us by the Father, and we are to share that with others. So when it comes to love, how are we doing? Are we letting that really show to others how great, how awesome our God is? We then get to the fourth exam. How is our faith? How's our faith? And I think what Paul is talking about to Timothy in this passage is not do, does he believe in Christ, but is he willing to persevere no matter what circumstance comes his way? There would be challenges. There would be hardships. But yet they are Timothy was to know that it's going to be okay. Just continue to persevere. He would have faced all kinds of that, of those difficulties. And perseverance is staying the course during difficult circumstances. You know, I've visited many people that are facing very dire struggles right now. And it's not easy. And we're not trying to paint an easy picture here. But even in the bad times, that we have the opportunity to persevere and to strive to finish the race. It would have been easy for Derek Redmond to say, I'm done. Nobody will look down on me if I, if I stop. And they wouldn't have. But yet he said, no way am I stopping. I'm going to persevere and finish the race. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, 
and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, Paul didn't want Timothy to be timid, but to persevere no matter the obstacles ahead. I don't know what is in store for 2020, and I'm glad I don't. I'm sure if you could look back at 2019, if you would have known even half of the things that you would have faced, it would have been overwhelming. How am I going to do this? But yet, we're not in this journey alone, for Christ is right with us. Persevere, continue to go forward. Paul in another passage said he beat his body and made it his slave so that he could finish well. Was it easy for Paul? Absolutely not. But the Lord was with him and he gave him perseverance. May we also persevere no matter the obstacles. And then lastly, we get to exam number five. How is our purity? As 1 Timothy 4.12, as we read that one more time, don't let anyone look down on you because you were young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and also in purity. So how's our purity doing? Psalm 119.9 says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. We must be students of the word. Otherwise, we won't know what lens to look through. How will we know what is right and wrong if we're not in his word? Luke eleven thirty four through 36 says, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. See, Paul longed for Timothy to remain pure, to be that example for others. And God longs for this, for us as well. What is it we're full of? That's a loaded question. Is it light or is it darkness? Have we been willing to allow stuff into our lives, giving the excuse that it's not bad? If I were to give you a bottled water that had 2% raw sewage in it, how many of you would be a taker? But it only is 2% sewage, that's all. It's 98% pure. You're saying, you're nuts. There's no way I'm drinking that. But why do we accept 
less than what God wants in so many areas of our lives. As I saw a, a web interview, I, I guess I already knew it was true, but when I saw this, it broke my heart. This came from 2018. It was an interview with Josh McDowell, a well-renowned uh, author, speaker, uh, defender of the faith. And he was asked, do you think uh, that we have another generation before Christianity, Christianity becomes just not even really on the radar for many people because of it being effective. And his answer was, I think we're less than a half a generation away from that. He said, I'm not an alarmist, I'm a realist. He said, right now in the church, 40 to 45% of people in the church are, are addicted to pornography. And he looks for this to increase to possibly up to 60 to 70% in the next four years if we don't take purity seriously. If we don't say, Lord, come and clean us, purify our hearts, we're tired of the sewage. We want to purify our lives. So is purity a big deal? You bet it is. And we need to continue to seek him. So how's our eyes doing when it comes to the purity in our life? What we're, what we're seeing, what we're allowing in. There's a song called Slow Fade by Casting Crowns, and he talks about it doesn't just happen overnight. It's a slow fade. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you realize you're so f much further down than you ever believed it could have happened. May we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. So if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we must detox ourselves from anything that hinders us from our relationship with Jesus Christ so that we can have what he wants us to have. Now, maybe today as we've done this exam, you almost felt like you were in, in the doctor's office and you said, this is why I don't go. Because maybe I've looked at some things I didn't really want to pay attention to. Evaluating our spiritual eyes is not a fun or an easy process, but it is necessary. For it is during this time, though, that we see our blind spots the areas where we need spiritual glasses installed. For as we looked at these five exams, you may say, I'm out of focus on all of them. I, I want you to not be overwhelmed, but I want you to ask God which exam that you're struggling with the most that he wants you to focus on in the next few weeks. Remember, you're not on this journey alone, for Jesus is right there with you. Aren't you glad he passed every test and we can look to him when we're struggling with our speech? He passed that test. He was beaten. He was broken for us and he said no word. He kept quiet. He passed the test of conduct for all throughout scripture he displayed godly behavior. Even when the disciples were immature and well, 
Jesus, who's going to be the the greatest in in the kingdom? Oh, it's going to be me, right? And if that was us, we'd want to shake them. (laughs) And yet Jesus lovingly disciplined them, and he cared for them, and he passed the test. When it came to the test of love, what amazing love he has given us. For he died on the cross. He showed the full extent of his love by willing to do that for us. The test of perseverance of faith. Can you imagine being in the desert 40 days and being tempted by Satan himself? And he passed the test. So when we are tempted, we can look to him and say, Lord, I know you did this. Help me when I don't know how I'm gonna stand. And he will always give us a way in which we can get out of it. And Jesus passed the test of purity. He was perfect in, any, in every way without sin. He was the spotless lamb. And even though tempted in every way, he remained pure. As Mike comes up this morning, as we close our service, this morning you may be looking at the result of this exam and you're not even sure what to think about it. As we take some time to pray, may you ask the Lord, help me, because I can't see between white and black anymore, and I've allowed things in that have not been what I know you want for me. May we hand that over to him, and after the service, if you want to come and talk to me, I'll be up here, that we pray and ask God to change our heart, to be the men and women that he's called us to be. And he wants us to see 2020. The question is, are we willing to put on those glasses? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today,